Hi guys, welcome to the second episode of Cine Scoop with me, Danny. And today I'm here with a very special guest, my good pal, Chloe Crosby. Say hi, Chloe. Hello. Wow, that was amazing. Thank thanks, you. Thanks for joining me. Um, now, I know you don't really like horror movies, do you, Chloe? No. Um, um, no. No, so that's great <laughs> for this podcast where I mainly focus on horror films. But I wanted you to star, so I thought... What do we both have in common? Childhood trauma was the answer I came up with. I'd say as much, yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree there. Yeah, <laughs> and since we're basically the same age as well, I thought we could have a proper natter about... I know I'm eight months older than you. I was going to say, I just want to say you are the older. I, I know, you don't need to remind me of that fact. Um, but yeah, I just thought that we could have a little chat, dig through our childhoods and bring some bad memories back to the surface sounds like a definite plan yeah it's always I, I enjoyable enjoy this idea always enjoyable um and a lot we had a discussion before we started recording this and we found that a lot of the like freaky things that we remember from our childhood come from film and tv which is obviously great because this podcast is called cine scoop it would be pretty stupid to talk about Genuine Yeah, trauma. Genu- genuine trauma. <laughs> N- no, we'll leave that I for... Beaten. I wasn't beaten, I just want to make that clear. <clears throat> so, <laughs> today we're going to cast our minds back to the bizarre things that our brains just couldn't comprehend when we were little kids. Um, and that the weird imagery that they struggled to absorb. So, I'm going to start with something that, from my childhood pretty much scarred me and we're going to start with films um and it was et um so et for some reason took me a really long time to get over um i couldn't watch the film in full until i was about 15 which sounds absolutely ridiculous when you say it out loud yeah but it was because when i was a kid i was just like i think it was like three or something and my mom was like do you want to watch this film? It's about a little alien and he's really cute and he's really friendly. And she switched it on and it was at that bit where he like jumps out of the bushes and starts like screaming. And I screamed in turn with <laughs> E.T. because I was absolutely horrified. I didn't like it. I didn't like the way he looked. I didn't like the sound that he was making. My little brain was just like, nope. And then after that, Anything even remotely associated with with E.T., I just could not handle it. Um, I even went to uh, Florida, to Universal Studios, and there was the E.T. ride. Had to hurry past it because I couldn't actually look at anything to do with E.T., which sounds stupid. And a lot of people have said, oh, why are you afraid of E.T.? He's adorable, my mum being one of them. And I'm like, yeah, but he looks weird. I never thought he was adorable. Thank he was you. A little bit odd looking. Yeah. But I think because um, I, I, it never scared me. I, I'd rather just laugh at it because he's really weird looking. Yeah, that's the thing. He, <laughs> he's just like, he's not what I would think. Like a cute alien should look like. He's like wrinkly and weird. His neck extends. He's got odd feet. He's quite hunched isn't he yeah he's like he's just he's like a little old man he turns white when he's ill 
none of it is right none of it it's is okay. correct and i know it's none a really it's none of it's he's correct an <laughs> he's an alien yeah and he like drinks beer out of the fridge and has a weird telepathic connection with a little boy i don't like any of it um i get why people love it so much and for people in the 80s it must have been a revelation but he still just creeps me the hell out so yeah et is like my movie nemesis which is strange because um, I watch a lot of horror films and most of them don't scare me. But E.T., nah. See, like, I was kind of eased into it a little bit more, I guess, with E.T. Because when I was, like, younger, we had this little story den. Mm-hmm. And we'd sit in there in the evenings, drink hot chocolate, and we'd listen to audiobooks on little, little tapes. That's so cute. Back in the day when we had tapes. That is so adorable. So- and, like... E.T. was one of the little audio books that we listened to. Mm-hmm. So that was in my mind before I watched the film, I guess. So right. I had the audio, audio audio first. Yeah. And then we watched it a little bit later on. I wasn't like three and unable to understand why weird little wrinkly alien is befriending a boy. So. Um, <laughs> See, that's yeah. good. You were like sort of, yeah, you, as you said, you were like eased into it, whereas... With me, it was just like, oh, why is he screaming? Oh, why is he wrinkly? And why is he scaring that boy? And then since that was the first thing I saw, um, kind of scarred me. So I'm glad you had a good experience well, thanks, with Danny. ET. Um, I did not. Um, but that's fine. How about you, Chloe? What are the kind of films that scared you as a, as a child? Like... <laughs> there we go. Here we go. Right, okay, so I, I just want to say that my, my childhood didn't actually include proper trauma. Anything that I subjected myself to when I was a child was my choice and Fantastic. is my own stupid fault for having done. Mm-hmm. So I was at this sort of sleepover, I guess, and the um, thing is, when I was younger, my friends were a few years older than me, mm-hmm. so they were all at that slumber party age of, oh, let's sit and watch horror movies. And I'd never really watched horror movies before because I was like 10. Mm-hmm. They were all like 13, 14, whatever. I was oh, 10. Okay. And I went to this slumber party and they were like, um, oh, um, yeah, we'll watch The Hills Have Eyes. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's do that, let's do that. So we put this film on. And obviously I'm trying to sort of big myself up because mm-hmm. everyone here is older than me. So I'm like, yeah, yeah this is fine. I'll watch it, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Got home the next day and cried. Wow. So much. I was traumatised by that film. Wow. Yeah, I can't imagine that that film would have been fun to watch when you were, like, 10, 11 years old. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, but I get that, that whole thing of, like, wanting to... Yeah, wanting to seem like nothing phases you, yeah. sort of thing, like... Yeah, and then, and then it does phase you, and it sticks with you for weeks and weeks on end. And months and yeah. years, and I still can't watch that film, and I still, to this day, don't like horror yeah movies and I think it stems back to that I just kind of introduced myself to it when I was a little bit too young too yeah see that's kind of a shame because like that I don't know that barrier that you have with that film is like made you like a bit reserved when it comes to approaching like other films like around the same subject or you know because you don't want to experience the same feeling and it's like (laughs) the thing is though our cheeky bit of um Reinforcement there, Danny. What? Bit of reinforcement. Oh, 
Yeah. We're both psychology, psychology. students. <laughs> Just a heads up for okay, anyone that cares. Okay. Um, that was nice. <laughs> yeah, well, you um, know. We're here to talk about films. I'm We're sorry, not here I'm to sorry, talk I'm about okay. psychology. It's fine. Carry I'll, on. I'll get off that subject. But, like, you were saying last week about um, The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. And how it terrified you. Yeah, still does. Yeah. Didn't faze me at all. Crazy. See, I can't, like... M- mad but the thing is like this is again getting on to last week's topic i think what uh cons- like what sort of defines horror for mm. me is the concept of closure okay in the like the films that truly scare me are the ones that don't quite wrap everything up like the big yeah. bad guy isn't completely dead they're or, open-ended you know, yeah yeah and it 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 plays at my mind more because mm. obviously it's not resolved yeah. So The Hills Have Eyes. Obviously, yeah. there was a sequel, which I n- never intended to watch. <laughs> um, but, like, at, at the very end, there's there's uh, just a suggestion that it's not over. There's more to come. Yeah. Uh, then They're not gone, and they're going to come back and do more horrible things. Horrible, horrible things. Horrible I, things. I think that's really interesting, though, because um, as much as I hate The Exorcist for other reasons, it does ha- actually have a really nice happy resolved ending until the sequels which we we won't really speak about um there were sequels there were sequels yeah holy moly well there was there was number two and number three apparently number three is quite good but second one is apparently horrifically horrifically awful in the sense that it's just a bad film so i haven't watched either of them but you're right in the sense that the first exorcist film ties everything together and you think oh you know, Reagan's happy, she's not possessed anymore, you know, she's gonna lead a, a perfectly normal life now and it's gonna be it's gonna be all lovely, sunshine and rainbows for her. So yeah, I guess things that aren't resolved do tend to linger with you more. Those things that like embed themselves in your thoughts in order to yeah. freak you out. I so like the same with them. I don't know if you've seen a film, uh, The Orphanage. I have not. It is on my list. I am dying to you watch it. You should move it up on your list it's to the next one on your list. Noted. Just saying, because it's Noted. fantastic. And it did terrify me. Mm-hmm. It was very sort of... It's the same way that you would say it doesn't really have, like, many horror elements, but yeah. it is very tense okay. most of the way through. Yeah. But it resolves so nicely at the end. That's good. Like, it's just a lovely ending. Well, it's trying to say this without spoiling it for you because okay. you know but it's kind of bittersweet okay but it still it still gives you closure yeah definitely. that's good that's good yeah yeah i think it's definitely those kind of films that stick with you more it's like the end of the blair witch project for example i don't know if you've seen that film can't say i have so. well we're going to have to watch it because even though i don't want to subject myself to it again but there we go. I did mention in the last episode the Blair Witch Project, um, and it just terrifies me. And that has a very jarring ending that just sticks with you because you don't really know what's happening, mm-hmm. and then it just lingers with you. So I totally get that. So to imagine you watching something like that that had an ending like that when you were ten or eleven, yeah, it's pretty pretty horrific. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm going to go to the left field and mention my next one, which is Monster House, which is a kid's film, technically, it's an animation, I think it came out in about 2007, 
and oh it was just awful i watched that for the first time probably two weeks ago so yeah i imagine it would have been uh, it would have been a a riot it was pretty swanky to be honest it's pretty fun yeah and and i think that's because you know you're 21 so you could just sit sit back and sort of enjoy it when i was like eight Oh, it ruined me. It was the creepy old man with the phone that rang in the house. And then it was the horrible house itself with the creepy basement and the furnace. And, oh, it was just, oh, it was horrible. Concrete lady. Stop. Stop it. I still have... I have not watched that film since I was eight years old when it first came out. And it's... I haven't watched it since. It just... It ruined me. It was so bad. You know that kind of fear that you get when you just go really quiet and, like withdrawn and like you're all prickly all over that was me watching monster house it was awful so bad um i guess it was the same for you watching Coraline. oh don't even go there (laughs) oh i can't cope the thing is my thing is something that absolutely terrifies me is uh things that don't have eyes Mm -hmm. or don't have seeing eyes i guess Obviously not, like, watching a film about, like, a blind person or something. That wouldn't... Yeah. That'd be absolutely fine. But when like, the eyes actually aren't eyes. there or they're replaced. Yeah. So these little fucking button-eyed entities waddling about... I'd, oh... Yeah. It's, and no. I imagine for a kid's brain, it's pretty freaky because you're used to seeing faces. So when you see something really wrong or something not quite right in a face it's like ew Mm -hmm. thing is like i don't remember the plot of the film at all you just all i remember is those eyes yeah and it haunts me to this day yeah i don't think i could watch it it's the same with monster house the only thing i remember from monster house is that fucking phone ringing and creeping me there why was it ringing when the house there was no one in the house it was horrible it was horrible (laughs) oh dear and speaking of things with no eyes, actually, oh. Pan's Labyrinth. Tell me more about that, Chloe. Oh, I actually can't go. <laughs> oh, so it just it was the pale man, wasn't it? The pale man. Yeah, scene. with the hands and the, oh, yeah, it's yeah. The uh, where he's just sat there. Yeah, completely still. Completely still, no eyes or anything. The eyes. The eyeballs are in front of him. Mm-hmm. He has to like put in his own eyes, mm-hmm. yeah, into his hands. It's pretty. And gross. then it's obviously I spend most of the scene going, "Why were you so bloody stupid as to eat the food when you were specifically told not to eat the food? Yeah. What is wrong with you?" And then obviously she eats the food, and this thing just suddenly comes to life, and the way it's moving and yep. flopping about and but it, then it's going so quickly as well and oh I couldn't sleep for weeks I bet I mean the thing about Guillermo del Toro is that there's always something off about his films like Pan's Labyrinth is technically like a fairy tale but it's a fairy tale with like a really dark Twist, edge to yeah. it yeah so like I am again why were you watching these films when you were a kid it's just <laughs> baffling like I had a very strange upbringing okay okay well we'll leave that there but I mean (laughs) I I was freaked out by the pale man from Pan's Labyrinth when I watched it like a couple of years ago is that when you first watched it yeah I was like nine 
Crazy. Crazy. Um, doesn't someone, like, beat the, like, the guy in it, the main villain, like, beats this man's face in and you see his, like, nose yeah, collapse yeah. and everything? Everything just... And then there's the bit where he's, uh, he's sat in the chair, uh, tied to the chair, and then the woman comes up and... Sews his mouth together, yeah. No, she doesn't do that, actually. She puts a knife in his mouth and just... Puts, oh, and he sews it himself. Apart. He has to sew it back together, yeah. God. Well, I mean, that stuff didn't bother me, though. Well, yeah, I mean, it's never really gore that has bothered me, even when I was a kid. Yeah. It's it's kind of more the weird mm-hmm. imagery that has Agreed. kind of freaked me out. Because I guess with gore, gore is just gore. It's the same when I watch a horror film. The gore in a horror film never scares me. It's something else. It's something, like, too weird for my brain to comprehend. Um, but when I was a kid staying on the track of movies, it was Gollum from Lord of the Rings that actually made me not able to sleep for weeks. Why, though? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I wa- again, I watched Lord of the Rings when I was, like, three or four. Why, though? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I was drawn in by the sense of adventure. You know to be fair, I think I was very, very young when I first watched Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and it was all the rage at the time. Everyone at school was like, oh, you know, do you want to play Lord of the Rings? And, like, you can be Aragorn. And it was just, like, one of those things. Like, everyone had watched it. I don't want to be Aragorn. I just want Aragorn. Same. But, you know. <laughs> anyway, that's Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Gollum. Yeah. <laughs> Gollum. Um, yeah, he... It was specifically one scene. Well, I didn't like the scenes when he was, like, having a little conversation with himself in, like... I like the scene where he kind of overcomes himself. Yes, lovely. I love that he had that Don't little you. moment. Go, go you. But, you know, to see his, like, screaming face with, like, bulging eyes as a child was was quite... was was quite jarring and um there was one scene and it was the beginning of the return of the king where it shows you Gollum's sort of transition transition into being Gollum from Smeagol and him in the cave and he's eating fish and then he slowly degenerates into this horrible hunched hairless creature he does have hair he has like three <laughs> strings come on i'm sure you could plait it well, you plait Gollum's hair. That's Maybe. fine. I can't. He's dead. He doesn't exist. True. <laughs> I don't know why my mind went to. He does. <laughs> he's dead first. Um, but yeah, Gollum was. I I didn't like it. I didn't like any of it. I didn't like that he could switch so easily from being Smeagol to Gollum. I think it was that unpre- unpredictability as well as a child that I just didn't. I didn't like it. It wasn't very safe. In my mind. That's understandable. Yeah. Um, and I guess, as well, kind of in the same vein as Lord of the Rings, it was Harry Potter. I loved Harry Potter, obsessed with it. It still holds a very dear place in my heart. But there were some sense. things as a child that, like, again, it was too, like, weird for me to wrap my very small brain around, mm-hmm. which was, the first one was when um, Quirrell has Lord Voldemort on the back of his head at the end of the first film. I had to fast-forward that on the VHS tape. On the VHS tape? <laughs> yeah. Because we, we had the first two on video, 
and I used to fast forward it through that part because I just couldn't I just couldn't stand it I didn't like it I didn't like I think it was that thing of a child's brain seeing two, two faces, faces on one head on one head and I was just like freaked out by it I couldn't that's like that's not how this goes that's not how it works <laughs> anatomy <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah um and also I guess Aragog but that's mainly due to a fear of spiders I was never bothered by spiders growing up. Never bothered me. Lucky you. What bothered me was this giant-ass fucking snake with poison fangs that looked at you and turned you to stone. Well, not to stone, but you know what I mean. Yeah. That concept was terrifying. You could never see it. It was always whispering in the pipes. Oh, yeah, the pipes. You know? Mm. You, You didn't see it until the very end. It was this just looming idea of something mm. and then suddenly it reveals itself and it's this massive snake and I'm like no can't cope yeah I I always really liked the basilisk as a kid I thought it was pretty cool did you cry when it died no but <laughs> I did always kind of think it would be a cool pet to have oh yeah just unleash it yeah, on the people wig. you hated at school yeah Hedwig <laughs> bye Hedwig. yeah um. we don't appreciate we want a big ass fucking snake as our pet because it would just it would just turn all of your enemies at school to stone, and it would be great. Um, but I actually think I still think that the basilisk holds up as like an amazing piece of special effects. Oh, hundred percent. Because it looks so real. Hundred percent. I still don't know how they did that fully. Like that blend of like animatronic and CGI was like so good, especially Beautiful. for like two thousand or two, and where whenever the film came out, it was amazing. So. Yeah, wasn't bothered by uh, the basilisk. Another thing that bothered me though is uh, like moving on from the second one to the third one is the werewolf transformation. See, I hear this a lot. Yeah. It never bothered me though. I saw it in cinema. Yes. And then obviously, like, I saw it with my older brother as well. Okay. And my older brother was absolutely terrified. So I think that in my child mind, I was like, well, my big brother is terrified. I should be terrified too. Yeah. So I started crying. <laughs> oh no. In the middle of this cinema. It isn't, was beautiful. Isn't that tragic? I know. My gosh. What an embarrassment. I I I can see why people found the werewolf transformation scary. The actual werewolf was absolutely fine. But like when he starts sort of bulging out of his clothes and stuff. Yeah, and his feet start elongating. And... I keep forgetting that this is a podcast. I'm, like, trying to emulate it right yeah. now. Yeah, um, to be yeah, fair, for the people that can't see across. what Chloe's doing right now, it is pretty pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the werewolf never bothered me. Um, but there's that whole subjectivity argument again that what scares some people doesn't scare others, so... I feel like if I hadn't watched it with my brother, it wouldn't have bothered me. Yeah. Which yeah. is a strange concept, but... But it's that whole fear thing. Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't think I would have had this really immense fear of spiders if I hadn't seen my mum being scared of them as a really young child. Yeah. It's that whole, ah, we're getting into the psychology Stop. realm again. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, yeah, it's that it's that whole thing, so... Modelling behaviour. Mm. Let's not go there. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Um, you had one last one that we covered, which was the little vampire. Yeah. An interesting one. <laughs> it was like 
It was nothing to do with the actual vampires. They were absolutely chill. Yep. The demon cows. I thought they were amazing. I, you know. Lovely. Get a saddle on one of them and you're set for life. Yeah. But it was just the hunter. He was so horrible. <laughs> and I was like, why do you have to be so horrible? They're not being bad vampires. They're being good little vampires. <laughs> and like, the title of the movie. <laughs> it was just a kid. And like there was this big man trying to kill him just because of what he was and my little child mind was like why he's so lovely yeah and it just your child brain was crying out at the social injustice of it all 100 percent. yeah it's kind of like when people say that they're terrified of the um child catcher from chitty chitty bang bang my mum was terrified of that yeah I so was my mum Bang, bang. It's hard I can't to say, say, isn't it? it? Without it's... trying to not to swear. Yeah. Well, you've sworn it already, so I know. it's okay. You can say shitty, shitty, bang, bang, if you want. Like it's fine. Well, I don't know if it's shitty, shitty, bang, bang, do I? Uh, no. But um, it's a it's a good I mean, film. It could be another word for explosive diarrhea. It could be shitty, shitty, bang. bang. You can. That can be the name of your podcast, Chloe. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of that thing. It's like when that horrible little presence is like ruining the lives of your favorite characters it can sort of traumatize you i guess it just introduces you and your tiny child brain to the injustices of the world pretty early that there are weird people out there that want to ruin people's lives and yeah it's just a scary concept yeah pretty much um so i guess now we've kind of covered films I suppose. Um, we've been through a lot. A, a nice range of weird and wonderful things that scared us in in t- uh, films as children. So I thought that we could do a little segment on TV as well, um, which is which is probably the most jarring for me. I don't know mm. why, but I feel like the stuff that I saw on television was more often than not worse than what I saw in film. Um, for example, one that will probably take us a while to cover because there's like a fair amount of points that we managed to come up with is Doctor Who. Yeah. So for those who have seen it, um, if I say the word words, gas mask children, it'll probably invoke some memories. It certainly does for me. Um, and for people that haven't seen it, like the I think the name of the episode is like the empty child or something. Yeah. And the people with gas masks fused to their faces in that episode absolutely terrified me, and to the point where I would like not be able to fall asleep because they were like all I could think about. And I know that there are some people. A lot of my friends from uni said that they had the same sort of trauma from seeing those two episodes and it was it was a two-part episode as well which would an hour and a half worth of yeah people. just added insult to injury really i was like so you're scaring me one week and you have the indecency to scare me for a second week running as well i was when when people say hide behind the couch i always think that's an exaggeration but then i cast my mind back to watching the empty child as like a i don't know six-year-old kid and i literally was hiding behind the couch it was horrific. So, yeah. See, I think for me, um, I've always, always, always had a fondness for 
Captain Jack Harkness. Yes, don't we always? All? Obviously, when I was a child, it was an innocent love. Obviously, now sure it's can. a not-so-innocent love. <laughs> but hey-ho, we'll not get into that because we'll be there for Cap- a while. Captain Jack is such a sexual being. Like, you can't help but just adore him. Anyway. But, like, what a babe. So yeah. I think that my love for him kind of outdid my hatred of the gas mask people. And I think um, once you actually see them transform is when the fear kind of goes. Yes. Because when, when it was just the boy on his own and he was saying, Mommy, you're my mommy. just something terrifying about oh. children. Yeah. And it was that whole faceless thing again. It was like yeah. it was like a weird warped version of a face. So I was like, "Ew, I don't like it." Like I just, I just don't like it. And then again, the the phone box, the on the TARDIS rang, and it was a fake phone. And I did my tiny mind couldn't comprehend why that. Oh, <laughs> stop! I can't. Like I recently rewatched that episode because I wanted to conquer my fear, and. Yeah, it's not as scary as it was when I was, like, six, but it's still pretty creepy. I'm not a fan. Um, well, then, you think to the ending, and this is what I'm saying again about the uh, the sort of closure of it, and you find out that the reason why these gas mask people are gas mask people, it's not because of this big, bad thing. It's because of these little tiny balls of light that want to make people better and don't have a reference point, so they... Yeah, you know, and they that's, try their best. That's all very well and dandy, but um, could have done it in a better way, kids. Cause just you crazy? ruined my Saturday night <laughs> <laughs> as a six-year-old child watching BBC One at like half six, seven o'clock. It ruined my evening. It really did. So yeah, I get what you mean. Like when the resolution comes, you find out it's not as scary as you first thought. But it didn't rid my mind of that image of the boy like trying to get into the house and saying are you my mommy no 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 (laughs) i just don't like it see it still triggers me i hate that word but it's still triggered triggered um and um yeah you had trauma from doctor who am i correct yeah go on the um the weeping angels it's a common one it's a common i've heard it many a time Oh, they. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no. And I think it, again, it goes back to the thing of not knowing how things work. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, obviously, when you're not looking, you don't know what they're doing. Yeah. It's like a really, really, really scary game of granny footsteps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know I've just made it sound really not scary, but it's essentially what it was. Yeah. And then, like, what always bothered me as well, like, it was terrifying, but there was also annoying bits in it, whereby I was like, well, if you can't blink, why don't you just wink? And then you've always got yes. one eye on it. You yes. Know? But why? I guess maybe that would have ruined the tension of the episode. Yeah, potentially, but, like... Could you imagine that? Just you like, were like, please oh, hello, just wink. Hello, weeping angel. <laughs> yes, I feel like that would have maybe ruined the um, atmosphere of the episode like, a little yeah, bit. I feel like Jack should have been in that episode, Jaws. Oh, 100%. <laughs> he, would have, he would have conquered he would have the weeping thrived. angels. No problem. 
Um, I they, they never bothered me. It's weird. It's like we like the opposite of each other. Mm. It's like um when they were downstairs in the basement. Oh, that's a little bit chilling. There's this one angel that's just pointing at the light. I didn't like that. And then the light starts flickering and they're all like... I will admit, I did not like... I it, it had was, to leave the room. It was the angel that pointed at the light bulb that bothered me because of mm. the expression on its face and the light... Ooh, it's no. just so blank. Yeah, yeah. It was that, like, voidless mm-hmm. expression. It was not but nice, not pleasant. My sort of fear of the weeping angels was uh, kind of cured, I guess in one of the Matt Smith episodes. Yeah. You know, where Amy, um, and he's saying, you've got to walk like you can see, mm-hmm. and you actually see them move. Yes. And that just kind of ruins the illusion. Yeah. And I that they feel like that was a mistake. It was a mistake. On behalf of the Doctor Who writers and producers, I guess. I mean, we won't go into the devolvement of Doctor Who. Because that's no, an issue would, for a that's, whole... That's a whole, whole nother podcast. Yeah, thing. which we'll probably do <laughs> at some point because I have enough rage to motivate me to do a podcast episode about it. But yeah, I think... I'm, I'm actually glad that it cured you. Um, yeah. But no doubt, I love the concept of the Weeping Angels. I've always loved the concept of, you know, they're able to cast people back in time. Yeah, it's and, not a ma- malicious death, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as the doctor says, it's the kindest way for one to die. Let them live to death. Yeah, exactly. And it is kind of cute, but if they were like weeping bunny rabbits or something, that yeah. would be nicer. Just the fact that they have that horrible, like, lifeless expression and then mm. they suddenly have these teeth and they look oh, all angry and horrible. I and the teeth. Yes, pointy teeth. Mm. Sorry for bringing that back to you. No. <laughs> um, but staying on the in the realm of Doctor Who, another episode, an earlier episode that really bothered me was um, Tooth and Claw, which was the werewolf one with um, the Tenth Doctor and Rose. And like good old Queen Vicky as well. Yep, yeah. it was all fine, fine and dandy. The werewolf itself didn't bother me or anything like that. It was just the boy in the cage before he transformed into being a werewolf, when he had these black eyes. And he was, like, pressing his face up against, like, the bars of the cage. And, no. Again, quite blank of expression, wasn't it? Yeah. It was that... It it always comes back in this... It seems to come back to, like, eyes or, like, that, Mm -hmm. like, blank expression. Yeah, I didn't like it. It's just, like, a sort of representation of a disconnect. Yeah. Between the body and... The mind. I'm not. I'm not trying to go back to psychology here. I'm just no, no. trying to explain why it's sort of terrifying because it's like uh, there's. It kind of gives a sense of danger and predictability and yeah, exactly. It bothers me. Yeah, same. <laughs> and he was sort of like going on about the moon and the light, and he had this really creepy voice. And yeah, I, I did not like the experience of watching that as as a child. Um, did not enjoy. No, I think that's one we've actually agreed on, kind of. Vaguely, yeah. yeah. yeah like, it, it's the same for me. Like, the actual werewolf itself wasn't scary no. in the slightest. No, oh. it was just a big, fluffy yeah. wolf. It wasn't that oh. scary at all. Sure, you could throw it a bone, it'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, fine. Um, but his his human self, no. Mm. Absolutely not. Not a fan. Um, you, you said something about the... Um, scarecrows. Yeah. The scarecrows. <laughs> 
Cannot cope. The family of blood. Oh, it was like for starters, it was the scarecrows. I can't say that they. It was just the way they moved. Right. Okay. And their faces. They and were pretty haunting, to be fair. They yeah, they were scary. Especially when they were like lumbering over like hills and across roads and. And then you've got to like bear in mind that the doctor wasn't actually the doctor at that point as well. Yeah. So the threat was even higher. Because all you're left with is Martha and she doesn't have a fucking clue what she's doing, let's be honest. She's all like, why doesn't the doctor love me? Which I get. That was me as well when I was like 10. I was like, why doesn't (laughs) David Tennant love me? I don't understand. She she doesn't have to be so whiny about it. Yeah, I I do understand You're time travelling. It doesn't fucking matter if the guy you're time travelling with loves you or not. Also, there are bigger problems. Hence, scarecrows, you know? Yes, sorry. Sorry. Off topic. Off topic. Okay. (laughs) And then there is Baines. Oh, yes. And his little fucking sniffy face. Yeah. And he turns, cocks his head to one side and gives that Ooh. horrible, horrible stare. He looks kind of like he's trying to shit and has shat at the same time. Yeah. Like. And he's also trying to smell it. Yeah. <laughs> like really but in the creepiest way possible literally like just just yeah (sighs) again for people not seeing this it's very accurate it's quite accurate i'm pretty good i'm pretty good um i loved those two episodes of um doctor who they were were good episodes yeah i think they were my favorite of all time not even joking you're like no (laughs) no (laughs) wouldn't go that far but they were savage (laughs) absolutely savage no they were like they, they represent the golden days of doctor who yeah and they are sorely missed well the golden days of new who i guess i haven't really seen yeah. old. no 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 me neither for for us that's old doctor that who. Old who. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah not not pleasant, not pleasant not at pleasant. all um and for me as well this is oh, i feel like i'm gonna be just like throwing this out there so I loved The Simpsons as a kid. It was like my favourite thing ever. Used to watch it on Channel 4 every night, 6 o'clock. It was wonderful. Until there was one episode, and it was the X-Files episode, and it actually had Mulder and Scully in it from the X-Files doing voices of themselves in the episode. Great, fantastic. Didn't know what that meant as a kid because I'd never watched the X-Files. But... So the premise is Homer gets stranded on the roadside, wanders into a forest and sees this really creepy, glowing alien figure and it speaks in a really high voice. Turns out it's Mr Burns that's like turned himself into an alien. I think I remember that episode. Do you remember it now? Now that you like, yeah. Horrific. Horrific. Oh my God. It Like I couldn't actually watch The Simpsons for a week after because my tiny brain was thinking he's going to pop back in it. Because, you know, you have no rational thought as a child. I was just like, avoid, 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 because I never want to see that again in my life. And now I look at the memes of it online and I'm like, absolutely hilarious. But as a kid, oh, it creeped me the hell out. There was this one episode of The Simpsons and I can't, I can't like, remember when I'd watched it or what, but I know it did creep me out a little bit. Because, like, um, 
again, Homer, he finds this little floating marshmallow-looking chest. I don't know. And obviously yeah. Homer being Homer, he eats it. Yeah. And it gives him this really, really large appetite, like larger than Homer appetite. Okay. And he starts eating everything. And he grows into this friggin' huge entity. Oh. Do you remember? Vaguely. I feel like I've got a vague impression of what you mean. I think it was like a Halloween special, I guess. And then at the very end, and this is the bit that bothered me, because they they built this building front. Mm -hmm. Um, And Homer obviously was on the other side of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, homeless people, here's a house for you and all this stuff. And they'd walk in and he'd just fucking eat her. like, <laughs> 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 what? Well, of this? Jesus, that's dark, even I for know. the Simpsons. I know. It my, was, oh, my. It bothered me. That's horrible. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a neat place to draw it to the questions section. Um, we have one this week. From my lovely mother. Um, it's more of a, a response than a question. But I tweeted out, I was like, what traumatised you when you were younger? I want to know. <laughs> to add to this podcast. And she replied and said, she's so tech savvy. She was like, on Twitter, favourited my tweet, replying to it. Like, no, I think she quoted it, which even I don't know how to quote a tweet. I'm just like from the days when people just replied to tweets. Anyway, um, she was like, the Blair Witch Project. Because the campaign for that movie was that it was entirely real when it came out. Because it was the first horror documentary style movie. And she said that when they first saw it in the cinema, they were all... all under the impression because of the marketing campaign that it was real. Right. I would have lost mm-hmm. it. I still haven't seen it, but I have the feeling that I would be genuinely traumatised by that. Yeah. If, yeah. Yeah. Having seen it now, I mean, I'm traumatised knowing that it's just a film. So God knows what my poor mum must, must have been like when she walked out of the cinema under the impression that it was real. Technically, a documentary rather than a mockumentary or horror found footage thing. I was just like, no! That's just the way to absolutely ruin a good couple of months of night sleep, to be honest, in my opinion. Um, So, yeah. Um, I feel like we've come to a natural end here, Chloe. What do you think? (gasps) No. I remembered one. I was going to say. I remembered one. Um, Back just to movies for a second. The never-ending story. The horse. The horse. No. That, and, and this is more on the side of emotional trauma in the sense that this... like, literally I can't even think of that without like tears coming to the backs of my eyes. Well, please don't. Let's I'm not gonna away. cry. I'm okay. not gonna cry. Don't worry. Okay. I'm stronger than that. I'm. I can. I, I'm strong. Okay. Good. I'm a strong, independent woman. Good. Um, but like, it was just heartbreaking. It's a children's film. Yeah. And you've got this horse, essentially, losing all hope in life and dying. Yeah. Because this swamp made it that sad. 
And like, and you, when you're faced with that as a kid, as a f- when when things are supposed to be rosy and lovely, and you don't really have much sense of, you know, soul crushing sadness as a child. Literally, it was that sort of crying where you know got tears streaming down your face, you've got big globules of snot coming out yeah. of your nose, you're fucking slobbering everywhere. Yeah. Because you literally just, there's not a single orifice on my face that liquid isn't running out of. Yeah. Every and pore. Every pore is crying. <laughs> Salty with tears. <laughs> oh, it was just immensely sad. And in that same vein of emotional trauma, Bridge to Terabithia oh. is another one that popped up in our pre-podcast oh. discussion. Um, yeah. I watched that in the cinema. Again, when I was a kid, and it was yeah, horrific. I didn't watch it in the cinema. Um, I, I watched it at home, thank God, because I needed a good 10-minute break after that bit. Yeah. And I was crying. My mum was like, Mum, I can't watch the rest of it. I can't do it. Mum, no. Yeah. I'm just like, yes, you fucking can. I... Press this play. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's really hard because... A lot of that film is nice. Yeah. And it's about this blossoming friendship and they're in this little fantasy world and they're creating it together. And then in the middle of the film, you are just gut punched with the reality and morbid reality of death. It's, it is the kind of... For a lot of children who would watch that film, it is the first sort of um, introduction to the idea of mortality. One day you're going to die. Yeah. It could be tomorrow. You could get yeah. hit by a fucking bus. Yeah, and it's the thing, you never think you never think when you're a child and you're playing with your, your friends, one of them's going to die no. in, like, the next ten minutes. You probably think one of them's going to morbidly betray me in this game we're playing, but yeah. not like... But, hey, we'll get over that. Um, that's about as far as your brain can comprehend as a child in, term of, in terms of bad things happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for, for that to happen in the film for the protagonist is pretty bloody shocking especially for for a kid so yeah that's a little bit of an an emotional trauma again i think to be honest going back to the never-ending story though one thing that always creeped me out yeah was that dragon yes right that pedophile dragon (laughs) Chloe, you can't just throw accusations like that out there. I'm sorry, but no, I can. (laughs) Right, because this dragon's just lying there like, oh, little boy, could you scratch my ear? And then he starts, like, scratching the ear and he starts making these really, really pornographic sounds, right? Mm. Right. And then, obviously, this kid... Obviously, in the in the innocent sense, is like riding this dragon. Around <laughs> right, the rest of the right, cool. End it there. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but like, that creeped me out. I don't understand how anyone could love that dragon. I always thought that the dragon was a little bit creepy. I, I'm kind of on the set. Maybe not as extreme as you, but I'm definitely seeing where you're coming from. I've always on had reflection an avid hatred for that dragon. Wonderful. Well. I think we'll end there, kids. Um, thank you so much for chatting with me, Chloe, yeah, about trauma. Well. I feel like we're both knackered after this conversation, just reliving our Good. past terrors. Yeah, no, it's it's been it's been an arduous journey. Yeah, it really has. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys. If you want to share with me and us uh, your childhood traumas, us. what uh, us? Yes, Chloe, you're <laughs> included too. If you want to share your traumas that you experienced as a child from film and TV, please drop me a message. Uh, feel free. Um, I'd love to know what scared people as a kid. I just find it really fascinating the different things that scared people. If you agree that that dragon is a paedophile, please let me know. I'm just saying. I'm not going to do a Twitter poll about whether the the dragon from Neverending Story was a paedophile. No. Please do. No. Well, if you feel as strongly as Chloe about the dragon from Neverending Story, then yes, feel free to drop me a message. Um, But I suppose that's it for now. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And uh, you can listen in, if you want to, to the next episode of Skinny Scoop. Oh, I nearly got the own. Skinny Soup. (laughs) It's the alternative. It's the parallel universe version of my podcast. Skinny Soup. Skinny Scoop. It's harder to say than you think. I think I've really shot myself in the foot by giving myself such a hard to say podcast name. The entire podcast to like a food podcast and call it Skinny Soup. Thanks, Chloe, for ruining my brand in (laughs) in the space of (laughs) ten seconds. That was really nice of you. Um, So yeah, I'm hoping that the next episode will be with you soon, and it's going to be on the underrated genre of folk horror which is my favourite form of horror film. So if you guys want to listen in, feel free. But uh, thanks for listening to us chat shit for nearly an hour about things that scared us as kids. Oh, it's sorry, been fun. The stuff that's come out of my mouth has been solid gold. So I take it then. Well, that's your opinion, Chloe. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.